Two pros and a cup of Joe. Fox Sports Radio. Jonas Knox, Brady Quinn with you here on FSR. And coming up on this Wednesday edition, a major move in the NFL. Sean Payton is gone. What does it mean to the New Orleans Saints future? Why did Sean Payton make the decision? And what is next for the Super Bowl winning head coach? We will speculate and discuss. We're also going to tell you the brutal truth about Aaron Rodgers. All he did was drop a fact bomb on everybody on the Pat McAfee show. We will hear that and we will react. We're going to have another edition of In Case You Missed It. We've got the stupidity of the Major League Baseball Hall of Fame. Antonio Brown is back. Yippee. The good, the bad, and the ugly. And the great Petros Papadakis stops by. All of it is yours. Coming up on this Wednesday edition, Two Pros and a Cup of Joe, Fox Sports Radio. Now let's get this party started. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Yeah. How about that, Brady? A little bit of rock, huh? A little bit of Wednesday yeah, I, rock here. I, I, I needed that. You know, get me over the hump. Yeah. Get me through a little hump day, you Bet know? Bet your sweet ass, baby. Yeah. It is uh, a two pros hump, and a know? cup of Joe here on Fox Sports Radio. A little push. A little push helps. Uh, little it's, uh, yeah. it's Brady Quinn, Jonas Knox with you here on FSR. No LeVar Arrington. He will be back on the air with us tomorrow. But we are going to take you all the way up on hundreds of Fox Sports Radio affiliates and on the iHeartRadio app all the way up till 9 a.m. Eastern time six o'clock pacific here on fsr and uh well this didn't take long uh <laughs> you know we were uh, just happened to have a conversation uh, yesterday about uh, the future in new orleans uh, what is it going to look like uh there yeah. were some reports that sean payton was nowhere to be seen or heard from uh, gail benson uh laughed her way through a comment saying well we'll find out soon what his plans are and uh, an awkward laugh yeah. by the way and then uh, do, sean do we payton, have that sound again Can i, I don't i'm not that? even sure i'm not even sure they might have just uh, deleted that from the system all the way through i just, I just want to play it because now after the fact it has like a different feel to it it's one of those things that when i first heard it i was like oh it's just gail benson she owns an nfl team and maybe her head coach isn't going to be there maybe not <laughs> you know who knows it's kind of one of those oh i'm i'm so rich it doesn't matter and now after the fact it sounded like almost frantic feelings of Oh my gosh, please, Sean, don't leave. I'm going crazy right now if he does, because I'll have to go through an interview hiring process, and I don't want to do that. Yes. Like, we do What's have that? the sound, so let's oh, uh, let's hear. Yeah, oh, so nice. this is uh, this is Gail Benson. Uh, now this could work for one of two things: either one, somebody stressed out about the stock of cryptocurrency, or two, somebody worried about whether or not they're going to need a new head coach with uh, eight other openings. You know, Sean, we don't know. You know, who knows? <laughs> we'll find out soon enough, I guess. <laughs> I don't think any of us know, but he'll okay. let us know soon enough. <laughs> well, he did. She was lying. Doesn't that hit a little different now? Like <laughs> yesterday, we listened to it. You're going oh yeah it's like they've got that sort of relationship and oh he's he's my uh he's my third son he's a little bit of a rascal you know like he just does what he wants and you know he's the third child coming along so we kind of just let it happen now you're like oh god that was like sheer panic like she, she realized what was in front of her and now i mean she did tell truths i mean you know he did yeah. let him know soon enough uh, i don't know that everybody expected it to be this soon but man they were ready to rock yesterday uh sean payton uh press conference ready to go uh, it was a mere couple hours after we uh, discussed, uh, you know, does this seem like a real threat? Does this seem like Sean Payton would walk away? And here was the now former Saints head coach talking about the decision. We get comfortable in our jobs. We get comfortable in our relationships. We get comfortable. You don't want to have a regret relative to another challenge or another. And so retirement, I don't think is the right word today. I felt the time was right for me. 
I felt the time was right. And it's something that I, I've been thinking about. Forget football. There's other things. I looked at it as an opportunity also to, to see my kids more, to travel some more, to, to get in better shape. You know, it's amazing how you all of a sudden want to get in better shape and travel more uh, when you've got an awful quarterback situation. I don't know what that is. What is that? Is that like a New Year's thing? Or well, first is that, off, uh... I'm not going to call it that. Those are your words, not mine. <laughs> let, me just say, let me just say this. It's interesting he brings up a number of points. He talks about being better health. Like, I was talking about this with someone yesterday when the news was announced, and I guess it was something that people around him and people had kind of noted or said a number of times, and he even acknowledged was just he feels like he's out of shape. He feels like he's in a bad spot, at, you know, physically. And, and mentally, maybe he just needed a break because of everything they've gone through the past couple of years. And, and, I'm not, and look, I'm not trying to make this a political discussion, but with how the NFL has operated and other leagues as well, as we've seen kind of a passing of some of the all-time greats, you know, Coach K looking to step down to in basketball, there's been some coaches who have acknowledged and admitted that the past couple of years have been rough. I mean, abiding by the, the protocols and everything else that comes along with it and, and, and all the, the things and how it can impact your team, your chances of winning and all of that. You don't know who's going to be on your roster from week to week. Or day-to-day sometimes. And not having dealt with that, like, before until basically coming into this year, like, we haven't really seen anything like that as far as how it's impacted the league. And so dealing with something similar to this, it's been exhausting. It's been wearing. And this is, you know, coming off an organization or franchise that had a ton of success when Drew Brees was there, and now he's not there. And really, if you look at the last couple of years Drew Brees was there, he was banged up. You know, they were going through whether it was Teddy Bridgewater or Taysom Hill, yeah. uh, Trevor Simeon. Obviously, Ian Book started the game. I mean, it was, uh, you know, Jameis Winston. Like, like this past year dealing without Drew Brees, it's just this constant revolving door. And I think at, at times with all that mounting up, he got tired of it. And he's like, I, I'm just going to take a break for right now. I think there's a lot of people who feel like they're in that position. And there's a lot of people throughout, you know, COVID who have changed jobs who've looked to try to work remotely to try to take a break and get away from all the stress and everything else that's mounted on them and their personal life. I, I think this is that kind of added to it. It's maybe one of the first examples or one of the few examples we have, but in the coaching industry where someone's just said, yeah, I need a break for right now with the way the past couple of years. Has well, gone. I think it was uh, Bruce Arians um, talked about when he was at Temple, when he, I think this was when he was at Temple, he, he just, he was so stressed out and he was so worn down by the whole gig that he just promised himself if he was ever going to take another gig to be a head coach. And it was a long time before he was a head coach again, because he was always a lifelong assistant. He was like, I'm going to have strict rules. I'm going to tell my assistants, no sleeping on the cot in the office. No, uh, you know, no missing a kid's birthday or recital. If you do, you're fired because this job wears you out and grinds on you. And and Sean Payton's been doing this a long time. They've also had a lot of stressful, stressful playoff losses. Whether you want to talk about the NFC oh title game, the Minneapolis miracle that you and I were on the air for, uh, Dude, they which, lost an overtime yes, to Minnesota yes. on, on the, the <laughs> touchdown that was a controversial <laughs> call of Kyle Rudolph. And, and I don't know how you how you quantify that, but uh, something tells me that those losses might have taken a, a couple of years off his coaching life just just the way that stuff went down and then so much so that he ended up wearing the uh, roger goodell uh, barstool sports clown shirt clown. uh <laughs> <laughs> week I, afterwards I, I, again, again, i'm not gonna peel back the curtain too much but 
Um, they've also been, I, I believe if I'm not mistaken, they've been at the bottom of the league for like a few years of opponents having penalties called, like you know, their opponents having penalties called throughout games. And there was a study that was done and because everyone's kind of you know looking at the officiating and the inconsistencies but the one constant was for whatever reason the Saints always get more penalties called against them than their opponents and there's a thought that there is something going on behind the scenes with the Saints and the NFL and Roger Goodell with that particular NFC Championship game moment and how they handled that. And ever since then, there's just this kind of behind-the-scenes war between those two. I mean, there's no coincidence he wanted off the competition committee this year. He said, I'm out. Like there's yeah. no like there's no point like why why am I even a part of this and and he talked about it and he was trying to be as as respectful as possible and I think he even said something along the lines of you know I'm not trying to get fined here but uh, I just you know I feel like you know it's time to just get some new people involved maybe get some new people involved because he, he just got frustrated with how uh, things are being called and what was happening uh, when it comes to officiating and as we've seen it play out but I know here here's the great thing though you being such a quality person Brady Quinn because you're such a good guy. And because you're so well liked and well respected, you've not ever once come down on the officials via social media. Not once, not on Twitter, not anything. You've never been hard on the officials like Sean Payton on on Twitter, which I appreciate about you. Just the, being the kind-hearted soul, soul that you are. So I appreciate. G- that g- given you. that it's hump day, I do feel like I should probably be honest about a couple things. What's that? I, I have repeatedly this season tweeted at uh, NFL officiating, which is their uh, official <laughs> account. And I have yet to get any sort of response from them. <laughs> Why do you think that is? Well, I, I think maybe that they'd like to acknowledge <laughs> the disaster that is the officiating in the NFL. And for a billion-dollar industry that they, for some reason, don't want to acknowledge that they've got an issue with how they go about officiating. And you don't have to take my word for it because you're right. I'm not an expert in any fashion or form and when it comes to – you know, regulating games or, or, you know, calling penalties, officiating games. But Dean Blandino and Mike Pereira are, and I listen to their videos every week, and it seems like sometimes, some weeks, that video continues to grow and grow and grow, and Dean and I have some side conversations where it's just like, what are you doing? It's not that complicated. There's easier fixes than this. So, again, I don't want to get off on a tangent with, you know, Sean Payton and, and, and why he's not there. The reality is he's now not the, the head coach of the Saints. They've got cap issues. Yeah. As you noted, they have uncertainty at the quarterback spot. Or let's just say Taysom Hill is, is at least under contract and slated to be the guy. And if he plays enough, he's going to get paid a lot of money to be the guy. And then you've got an aging roster in a division that – you know, unless Tom Brady retires, you're playing second fiddle. So all those are, are sitting out there for you. And I got to be honest with you, that's not that enticing of a job. It really isn't. I mean, they, they had their run a while back. Yep. And, you know, even over the last few years, you could say, OK, they've had some unluckiness in the playoffs. But this is not, to me, one of the top jobs as far as a head coaching vacancy. It's one of those windows that closed without actually ever uh, getting through the window. Like, they try to climb through, like, all right, we're, we're coast is clear. And then all of a sudden, the NFC title game happened, the Minneapolis miracle, uh, uh, the Kyle Rudolph, quote unquote, uh, push off uh, in overtime uh, that we discussed. And it just feels like uh, it's run its course. And now the, you uh, turn things over and, and head in the, the second direction. Tom Brady joined Tampa and they beat the Saints in the playoffs, it was over. There, there was no more window. Drew Brees was done. That was it. 
Yeah. That, that was it. Like that was that window had officially closed, at least in my mind. And and now it's, it, I'm telling you, it's going to be I'll be interested to see what happens next year, because if Tom Brady does retire, you kind of look at Carolina with the way their defense finished the season. And you look at Atlanta, if Matt Ryan was to say offensively, they've got still the, some ability. And you're like, dude, anyone could win that division. Yeah. I mean, it, it kind of goes back to what it was, you know, maybe in the early, you know, mid mid, you know, I guess I'd say earlier 2000s and then to kind of like, you know, 2010 to, what, 2016. Even yeah. though Carolina had their run for a while. Well, there's, I mean, they got three teams in the playoffs uh, not long ago. I think that was, what, 2016 or 2017 yeah. it might have been. They got three teams in. So it's been a competitive division for a while. And, look, it, hell of a run for Sean Payton. I mean, he got a Super yeah. Bowl there, um, d- took that organization to, to heights they'd never been at before. And, and you know, great run, uh, great job. And we can speculate. Uh, later on, we've got some uh, Sean Payton on uh, the potential future but uh feels like it's a slam dunk and, and it's a slam dunk that brady quinn uh, predicted uh if you listen to this show over the past couple of days uh what the uh, the next step is for sean payton in his career it's uh two pros and a cup of joe fox sports radio uh brady quinn jonas knox with you here on fsr brought to you by discover real credit card questions require real people someone who understands your issues and works to resolve them with you that's why discover offers helpful u.s-based representatives available 24 7 discover exceptionally common sense coming up next if you want to get pissed off or you want to hear a whole <laughs> bunch of people get real pissed off, we have got a fact bomb for you. It's yours right here on FSR. Be sure to catch live editions of Two Pros and a Cup of Joe with Brady Quinn, Lavar Arrington, and Jonas Knox weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Two pros and a cup of Joe. Fox Sports Radio. Brady Quinn, Jonas Knox with you here on FSR. Coming up later on this hour, a little over 20 minutes from now, um, we've got some really, really bad news. Some really bad news for some people uh, that were preaching about the doom of a very important organization in the world of sports. Uh, So stick around for that. Uh, We can laugh at the expense of others here on Fox Sports Radio. That a little over 20 minutes from now here on FSR. Kind of what we do. It's fun. Listen, oh, it is fun. It, yeah. Look, if uh, if you are uh, very sensitive to certain issues uh, in the world of sports and beyond, um, this probably isn't going to go well for you over the next several minutes. Um, no, 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 it's not. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I would say in general, if you're just sensitive, it's not going to go yes. well for you. Yeah. Um, so, uh, so away we go. Aaron Rodgers uh, appeared. Sensitive to getting jacked, by the way. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Aaron Rodgers appeared on the uh, Pat McAfee show with uh, with Pat and. Um, AJ Hawk and um, you know he uh, he obviously first uh, public appearance outside of the post game uh, comments uh, since the Packers lost to the 49ers uh, which by the way tip of a cap thank you to the Green Bay Packers for that uh, that was the one loss in my four leg parlay appreciate it though thank you thank you so much appreciate that opportunity to win big money but uh, apparently uh, minus five and a half was way too much with that special teams unit but uh, never mind all that uh, he um, you know he he talked with the guys about his situation and why he felt like so many people were celebrating the loss of the Green Bay Packers. So what we're going to do is we're going to play the sound for you here. This was Aaron Rodgers' response. And then I have a fun little game show on the other side of this sound for Brady Quinn here, a little multiple choice game. Uh, so let's go ahead and hear Aaron Rodgers uh, explain why he thinks people were so happy they lost. There were a ton of people tuning in, rooting against us for one reason and one reason only. It's because of you know my vaccination status. 
and them wanting to see us lose so they could pile on and, and enjoy and revel in the fact that, uh, you know, my vaccination status was, you know, some sort of reason why we haven't had success in the playoffs or whatever it might be, some sort of correlation. All right, so Brady Quinn. Uh, it is game show time here on Fox Sports Radio. Always a fun game with Brady Quinn. Uh, we are going to do a multiple choice game here live on the air. Uh, so if you're hanging around, you can play the at-home version here. Ooh, um, this is yeah. the uh, this is the game. All right, so Aaron Rodgers said, basically to sum up his comments on the Pat McAfee show yesterday, that people were happy about the loss of the Green Bay Packers and celebrating it because of his outspoken stance on his vaccination status. All right, so uh, here is the uh, the question we have for you and i have an envelope put to the side with mm. the correct answer inside so brady quinn yes was aaron Rodgers telling the truth your options are a yes b absolutely c f yeah or d all of the above Oh, okay. This is a tough one because I, I feel like given his personality it could be any one of the first three uh, I'm going to go with D, all of the above, all right. uh, just depending on the mood and if he's, you know, cliff jumping in Hawaii uh, during the offseason or if he's, you know, during the season and he's just on the Pat McAfee show. It could be any one of those. All right, so, so I'm going to go with D, all of the above. All right. So let's see. Uh, so, again, the uh, the question was, is Aaron Rodgers telling the truth that people were celebrating the Packers loss because of his vaccination status? Uh, let's uh, open the envelope here live on the air. That is correct. Brady Quinn, you have won. <laughs> Was Aaron Rodgers telling the truth on the Pat McAfee show game show here on FSR? Uh, that is correct. 100% correct. Thank Congratulations, I want to thank my parents. I want to thank God. Uh, I want to thank... Uh, my, my my little league yeah. coach who got me started in the first place. <laughs> Thanks, coach. I appreciate yeah. you. Yeah. yeah the, uh, the Johnny Unitas Golden Arm Award, Heisman yeah. Trophy finalist, yeah. and he That's won. a heavy trophy, by the way. It is. Uh, I, I wouldn't know. Uh, and he won. Uh, the uh, Was Aaron Rodgers telling the truth? Uh, he's absolutely telling the truth. And anybody in denial of this saying, oh, no, no, he's just playing the victim. No. You're a tool. The coverage of Aaron Rodgers was, was, uh, was done by a bunch of tools who have an agenda going into this and they were rooting against him and sitting on bad comedy tweets that they had in their drafts folder waiting for them to lose if they were going to lose in the playoffs. 100% he's telling the truth. I, I, I would say this. I don't think Aaron Rodgers was outspoken at all about his vaccination status until he had to be. Remember, he said he was immunized, and then obviously the media was like, oh, okay, well, I guess no one knows what that means. Let's not ask the follow-up question. Right. And then once he ends up being positive and the whole protocol, everything else that came along with it, people were questioning, then what protocols was he following as a vaxxed or unvaccinated player? Which, oh, by the way, um, did you notice how that doesn't really matter anymore in the NFL? <laughs> yeah, nobody seems to be Just, testing positive now. Well, Why is well, that? Well, no one seems to be testing positive <laughs> along with the fact that um, we just – the CDC just came out with a report saying basically natural immunity was six times stronger against the Delta variant, which is the hey, predominant shh. variant. Hey, don't say that out loud. You're not supposed to say that out loud. Come on. Yeah, yeah. Well, and, and then that along with everything else that the Omicron has led them to believe vax unvaccinated players, how they shed the proteins. So let's not get into the science of it because it's not going to back those people. But he wasn't outspoken until he had to be because the media didn't do their job in the first place. And then when people asked him to be honest and open, he was honest and open with you. 
He just happened to take a different stance or disagree with you. And then that's where you drew this line in the sand and said, no, he's on that side. I'm on this side. I, that, that's what we've become in this country. Like somehow we've gotten to a point where we can't just agree to disagree. hundred like, percent. It's like, oh my God, like you like, you like vanilla. I like chocolate. What's wrong with that? Like ice cream's still good. It's just you like a different flavor than I like. Like it's just the whole thing is so so dumb racist. to me. I agree. I agree. That is racist. Yeah. Well, racist ice means. cream take. Well, you know, I, yeah. I like chocolate. You. All right. All right. I love chocolate. Right. Um, Shout out Lee. <laughs> well, you know, Lee. Lee likes Neapolitan. He, he likes to have the multiple flavors in one in one box. Yeah. yeah That's what he is. told me at least. Yeah. So. A little Neapolitan joke on a Wednesday. Yeah. There yeah. it is, Lee. <laughs> um, the, the truth is, he's right, though. There are people who root against him purely because of what became public about his vaccination status or his, or his beliefs and all of that. And look, right, wrong or indifferent. I don't know that anyone really cares because he's getting compensated well. He's in the position he's in. And I always felt like when you're a starting quarterback in the NFL, that's kind of part of the paycheck is the criticism that you receive is part of why you're being compensated as much. It's not just the physical talents and what you can do. It's having to handle the pressure, having to handle everything that comes along with that. That is oftentimes, especially in bad times, receiving flack or receiving, you know, having to deal with people rooting against you. So I, 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 I fully agree. There are, there is a group of people out there rooting against him that was looking forward to him losing and then saving all this ammunition up for this moment. And there's probably 49ers fans who felt that way. But as we said yesterday, you nerds, because the second he would sign with the San Francisco 49ers, you'd be celebrating him. Oh, my God. You'd be celebrating him. So stop trying to throw out all these San Francisco in the playoffs, you know, all this, because you would take him in a heartbeat on your team, on your roster. It it just – but this goes – all they're doing, the coverage of Aaron Rodgers, all all that's happening is that you're proving him right. Because I remember – so he never – from my understanding, he never really had a a trust to the media. And there was was a story that came out where he was doing a sit-down interview with Mina Kimes of ESPN. She does a great job. And they were doing an interview, and she was writing an article. And the first thing he did was, you know, put his phone on record. Start recording. Yeah, yeah. because he wanted to make sure that – the truth was being told and nothing got taken out of context. And it was like, okay, well, going into it, that was his opinion of the media because he had probably gotten burned one time or another. The the coverage of, of him and his family, like his relationship with his family, which is the most mind-boggling thing that, that to any of our business, what his situation is like with it, with his family, what, what his relationship was like with his brother, his parents, all that stuff. And so going into it, he always seemed like he had his guard up when it came to the media, and he was very sort of uh, standoffish. And then he starts doing these weekly hits with with AJ Hawk and Pat McAfee, and they're fantastic. Right. And and the coverage of him was so biased and so slanted by the national media that then Pat McAfee and AJ Hawk started getting heat for it. Like you couldn't go near him because it was like, uh, you know, he was combustible, like stay away guys. Uh, you know, if you're near Aaron Rodgers, everybody's going to get pushback when we've defended him on this show, we've yeah. gotten pushback from people. So going into it, he had this opinion of the media and all that they've done is prove him right so far throughout, throughout this season and how the coverage has gone in, in his direction. You and I have talked about this. Time and time again, because it leads to a bigger discussion that players have the power, have the platforms to go ahead and speak out on their own. And they don't have to go to an interview with you anymore. 
And it, I think it frustrates reporters. It str- frustrates people in the national media because their job becomes obsolete. If I can go on a weekly radio show and say everything that I want to say, and I don't have to really deal with a question from people who don't know me or people that I want to have to deal with, you can do that as an athlete now. Yep. You can put out stuff on Twitter or any other social media platform for that matter, and that's what those people who wish they could ask you those questions, those reporters, those writers, that's what they have to go off of. People like us in the radio industry, we then have to you know, speak or talk about the things that were tweeted, the things that were said via something else. And for, for people who have been in the media for a long period of time, the last two decades have probably been a really tough transition for them because it goes from them having a personal relationship with, the, with athletes to really not knowing them at all. And I think that's created a bigger divide in the opinions, meaning when something like this happens with the whole vaccination status and him saying immunized, you know, there's not that personal relationship where someone was like, hey, I didn't understand this. Can you explain this to me or what does that mean? And maybe they would have handled it differently. It wouldn't have been as harsh. That's not the case anymore. People have no personal relationship with him as much or many athletes for that matter. So they take stronger stances one way or another, knowing they don't have to face the repercussions. Yeah. That's the reality of today's media. And, and I just I think it's, to your point, it's proven his point that there are some people who are loaded up who want to be against him purely for something that has nothing to do with football or his play on the football field. And, and furthermore, it adds to the, the fact that it's jealousy. It, it's a bunch of media members who are jealous from the fact that they don't get to have the opportunity to hear from that MVP in back-to-back years now of the NFL, the biggest sports league in all of sports, yep. they don't have the ability to control that narrative, to help push out that narrative. He does it himself. And that is something that takes away power from them, that power, as they used to say, of, of the pen. Like, that was the one thing as an athlete you always felt like you had to mind your P's and Q's because the media held that over your head. They had the power of the pen. And you felt like if I just handle myself professionally and if I say and do the right things, even in bad moments, they'll treat me with more respect. Maybe it won't have quite as much of a punch to it. But now that's gone. I mean, because there is no pen anymore, man. Yeah, well, there's no yeah, new There's nothing. It's too bad. What a bummer. I, I miss the pen. I miss the pencil more. But, you know, at least we're not trying to, uh, you know, pull any shenanigans like uh, Matt Patricia. He's got laminate paper, but he's got a pencil behind his ear. What's that? Can you, like, make a call The interesting and find out thing about him and the, and, and the pencil is <clears throat> he used, like, a basic number two. Yeah. And I was, like, at some point in my age, once you had the uh, the pencils you could load with lead, that had the little replaceable yeah. eraser on top. Like you really never went back to a wooden pencil because, you know, you couldn't replace the eraser. You had to constantly shave it back down. And the ones that you could pump a little bit just to get the lead out, like you could load that thing up with lead so you didn't have to worry about shaving your pencil down all the time. And, and the pencil too, what you were just talking about. And right. here's, here's right. the thing. Uh, I would say underrated smell. We've talked about WD-40, oh, yeah. gas, underrated yeah, smell. Say it. Say it. Uh, pencil, pencil shavings, oh, right? Yeah. Like you open up you one of those old school. You could put that in a plastic bag oh, and man. I would just what a tra- That's not a fart sound. What? what is that, Roberto? Come on. Put some respect on the pencil shavings. You guys want to enjoy 
enjoy your own farts from time? No, listen, man. Uh, this, if they made a cologne for pencil shavings, and let me tell you something. Top two, I don't know what the Mount Rushmore is of colognes that haven't been made that need to be made. Uh, it's uh, <laughs> Mount Rushmore, chilly. top two scents that have not been made into a cologne. Pencil shavings and tennis balls. Brand new Ooh. tennis balls. But yeah, you pop that. Oh, yeah. I don't know, whatever gas is in there, it's oh, probably not good for you. But, probably yeah. not. I used yeah. to smell that a lot when I was a kid. I mean, pr- uh, probably not. I mean, why do you think uh, you know Djokovic wasn't allowed to participate in the Australian Open? I, I did have a lot of chili yesterday, so maybe Roberto was catching on to that. Well, you sure. also said you like Skyline Chili, so once you say that, you're completely uh, yeah, you know, I, you're, I, you're out. I love Skyline Chili. All right, well, listen. So. I, I, you it's know, its own type of chili. Stop yeah. trying to right. – have you even tried it before? Yes, I have. Oh, when did you try it? Uh, the great Andy Furman, Fox Sports Radio legend in the Cincinnati, Kentucky area, sent me Skyline Chili in the mail. Not the same. Not uh, the same. Well, listen, Not, that, you have to have it fresh. You have to sit at the counter where they come and they, you watch them pile on all the cheese on top. You have to experience it firsthand, get it hot, fresh, right out of whatever those. Yeah, you've ever had Tommy's? Are. It's Tommy's not chilly enough. Burgers. Yeah, yeah, I've had Tommy's. Uh, you, you won't make it home. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Tommy's, that's the problem. <laughs> Tommy's. Yeah, yeah, Tommy's, it's a it's uh, like, fam- famous uh, burger chain out here, uh, Tommy's. Oh, and, uh, no one's even awake on the West Coast. If you've been anywhere out east, you've heard of White Castle. And I remember, like, White Castle, you can get, like, a whole slew Racist. of yeah, Thank you, Roberto. Thank you. Oh, uh, come on. That's the name, <laughs> of, the, that's the name of the place. I appreciate what it. What kind of be Brown Castle? Yeah, 100%. I'm just telling you. Well, yeah. one, I mean, it, it might be hard to see at night. But, two, I mean, it's, <laughs> but no, the reality is it's called, it's called White Castle. Yeah, little, and little squares, sell, right? Yeah, the little square, little square burgers. But my okay. dad told me when I was young, he's like, hey, these are the best. You got to go try some. He's like, you know, but, you know, their, their nickname is called the Down and Outs. I'm like... Was that a football reference? He goes, no. He goes, once they do go down, they're coming out. He goes, so he goes, that bathroom in the restaurant gets a, gets a lot of visitation, yeah. if you know what I mean. <laughs> little, so, okay. uh, little uh chopper defecation joke yeah. here uh, he, early on a Wednesday. Hey, he was not lying, too. Like, you eat one of those burgers, you, there better be a bathroom nearby. Or oh, you, you better man. be planning on stopping on the way home. Uh, it is uh, two pros and a cup of joe here on Fox Sports Radio. It's Brady Quinn, Jonas Knox with you here on FSR. Uh, yeah, the Celtics beat the uh, Kings 128-75 last night. Man, the NBA stinks. My God. I mean, look, and, and, and people can be upset about that, but it is just awful, awful basketball times. Right. Yeah. That'll, that'll conclude our coverage of the NBA for the, this uh, show. Yeah, so the, the, the regular season being stacked up against the postseason of the NFL. Like, <laughs> right. It's unfortunate. Yeah. Like, the timing of it's unfortunate. For it's like, it's like being at a trough. You look over and there's Manute Bowl. It's like, all right, right. well, I'm out. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, Probably just, up just and like over. That. You're yeah. not looking like down. That is up. true. <laughs> that is true. Like being at the batting cages. Uh, all right. Uh, coming up next here on Fox Sports Radio, if you are rooting for the doom and gloom of a very important organization in the world of sports, we've got some bad news for you. It's yours right here on FSR. Be sure to catch live editions of Two Pros and a Cup of Joe with Brady Quinn, Lavar Arrington, and Jonas Knox weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific. He's Mike Carmen. I'm Dan Byer, and we have a brand new fantasy football podcast called I Want Your Flex. Twice a week, every Tuesday and Friday, we come up with new episodes to not only look back at what happened, what you need to do at that minute, and also look ahead of what's coming up in the fantasy football world. That's right, Dan. Every week, we're going to scour the waiver wire to find the pickups to turbo boost your fantasy lineup, sit, starts, fantasy football players' rankings to get you ready to dominate the competition. Listen to I Want Your Flex with Mike Harmon and me, Dan Beyer, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, and wherever you get your podcasts. 
He's Mike Carmen. I'm Dan Fired. We have a brand new fantasy football podcast called I Want Your Flex. Twice a week, every Tuesday and Friday, we come up with new episodes to not only look back at what happened, what you need to do at that minute, and also look ahead of what's coming up in the fantasy football world. That's right, Dan. Every week, we're going to scour the waiver wire to find the pickups to turbo boost your fantasy lineup, sits, starts, fantasy football players' rankings to get you ready to dominate the competition. Listen to I Want Your Flex with Mike Carmen and me, Dan Beyer, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, and wherever you get your podcasts yeah man a little slipknot but that brady quinn yeah i wouldn't say it's uh i wouldn't say it's slipknot but i do it's entering into a situation here it is uh yeah roberto's uh feeling a little frisky uh yeah, he's he, uh, yeah. yeah. it's uh two it pros and a cup of joe uh fox sports radio brady quinn jonas knox with you here on fsr coming up uh top of next hour about 15 minutes from now um there's a new tag team in the world of sports uh it's called stupidity and hypocrisy uh and it took center stage yesterday we will get into all of that for you here uh 15 minutes from now on fsr uh, by the way, we are brought to you by one of our favorite cities, Las Vegas. Your home for live sports, and that means all sports, every game, match, race, and competition. It is always on. Now go on and plan your trip at Visit Las Vegas to see the best and brightest in Vegas, the greatest arena on earth. Sometimes you can't get to everything in the world of sports or entertainment. Good thing the guys are here to bring you, in case you Missed it. And for that, we turn it over to the executive producer, the great Lee DeLap, to find out what the hell is going on. DeLap. That's right, you guys. Crazy, <laughs> stupid numbers of the NFL t- uh, ratings for the divisional round for the Sunday's Chiefs Bills game, averaging about 42 million Ooh. viewers, about 18% <laughs> up from last year, peaking over 50 million. Uh, during the fourth quarter, over 90% of all TVs in the Kansas City area were tuned turn- into the game. If you're looking over at the Saturday game between the Packers and the Niners, that drew about 36.9 million. That was up big. Per- uh, Big percentage points as well. The percentage points it was up was more than the Oscars and the 2021 NBA Finals as it was. You know, like the the increase itself was greater than the total viewership for those. And, and it said that uh, <laughs> listen, it said that uh, Fox's coverage of the 40 Packers game was the most watched TV show on a Saturday night since the '94 Winter Olympics. That's unbelievable. But again, again, the NFL's in trouble, Brady. Uh, it's, yeah. The NFL's yeah. dying. Yeah. You know, that's that was the uh, the I, reporting from a few years ago. And I think the what the AFC that well, I keep I keep wanting to call it the AFC Championship game because it feels like that's what basically Kansas City and Buffalo was. Um, but that Sunday night game was what the most watched in five years. Oh my in god! This, yeah, in the divisional round, I believe. Yeah. I, I look. It's, I had my my wife doesn't. She's like your wife doesn't know anything about football. Doesn't care about football. Like if if the Super bulls on um you know she's got a rosary bead in her hand like she, does, she doesn't care it's not it's not her thing <laughs> but she watched this truth uh she watched that chiefs bills game and was like this is unbelievable like that yeah. fourth they scored 25 points in under two minutes <laughs> it's, it, it's unbelievable I, I do wonder if the way some of the rules have changed to make it more offensive friendly is because in those scenarios one of the things that always concerns me or bothers me especially the way the officiating has been in the nfl is the pass interference where you get the yardage right like that's not only the yardage but even a stop clock 
in those instances, yeah. and, and that sometimes plays a role or a factor. And I do think you get defenders who are concerned by that, of getting a pass interference call that could change the outcome of the game because of the rule and the fact they get the yardage advantage too. It's not first and 15 like college. I, I do wonder if they have made it more of an offensive league because people who are on the fringe or maybe aren't as big into football, they like scoring. They like to see excitement. And I, and I wonder if, like, your wife, my wife, people who are in that position, they're looking at them and saying, if we could just increase more scoring, maybe then it'll be that'll help some of these ratings continue to grow the way they have. I think that was also what they did when the NHL came back. They sort of loosened up some of the rules uh, to where it would open the game up and make it more uh, more enjoyable to watch from an offensive standpoint. Here's a bigger question I have for you. It says that 90% during the fourth quarter of that Chiefs-Bills game, 90% of all TVs were on in Kansas City were tuned into the game. Yeah. What the hell were the other 10% yeah. watching? Seriously. They were asleep, honestly. They're, they're probably asleep <laughs> or driving. Yeah. I, I swear that's probably what it was. They're I, literally probably asleep or driving. It was late. That is that is one of the best sports towns in the country. They love football. They love their Chiefs. Trust me, they were a sleeper driving. It's, uh, it's one of those two things. Or, or, I mean, were they watching, like, uh, highlights from the uh, the Royals in 2015? Like, like what what other options were there uh, on well, television at that point? I mean, you could have been watching YouTube where you, you – it was George Brett who tells the great story of when he crapped his pants. That could have been that yeah. one. There is yeah. that. There is that. That's one of the most legendary and we're, stories. We're just, we're, by the way, we're teeing Roberto up. This is all for Roberto uh, just, to, <laughs> well, uh, just to make yeah. sure he can scratch the itch here. It could have uh, been that. Uh, <laughs> it could have been Modern Family episodes. I, I believe one point. of the characters from Modern Family is from the Kansas City area. Uh, look, o- that. Ozark, uh, the new season's out. Yeah, You've got be, a, yeah, with Jason Bateman. Uh, Ray, yeah. Ray, Ray Donovan, the uh, the movie, uh, which is, uh, which is would, out also. Ray Donovan? What's the connection with Ray Donovan? Well, I'm just saying there. this is what options were on television. So maybe they were watching. Yeah, something but else. there has to be a connection to Kansas City to make them want to watch. Like, well, at least, well, there's some characters, and the, and Ozarks obviously is, I believe that Lake of Ozarks is, is near Missouri. Or yeah, yeah, they got the so. Kansas yeah. City mob in there. Uh, it was filmed in Atlanta, but you know, I mean, who you know who's counting, right? I mean, doesn't so matter. Roberto, what are you claiming? They're watching Casino or something? No, the Kansas City mob is featured in the yeah. uh, in in uh, Ozark. So maybe you took a I, little I bit of that. I've seen the most recent season it's yet, good so yeah yeah it's good very good yeah. um all would right, you guys uh, like there to be a championship game on saturday and one on sunday or are you like them both no. on sunday i'm okay with it being both on sunday yeah. i mean yeah. but if look if they want to spread it out a little bit that works you know because it's uh because you know w- what we tell our family is gotta work hun <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> gotta, gotta work so we're good with it uh lee what else we got you guys earlier this season joe burrow was doing an interview with peter king and said after that ravens game Whoa! that he was ready for the crowd noise in the NFL, saying the SEC definitely, definitely helped. Gets way louder in the SEC than it does in any of these NFL stadiums. Well, ex-NFL kicker Lawrence Tynes had uh, something to say about that, saying, to be fair, Joe has never played at Arrowhead Stadium. Having said that, he is in for a rude awakening. There is no place louder in sports, and it's not up for debate. All right, Brady. Uh, SEC Stadium or Arrowhead? You've played in both. You've been to both. Yeah, I, I disagree. I'd uh, say SEC Stadium. We played in Knoxville um, the late afternoon game my sophomore year. Uh, I, I swear to God, the ball was moving on the field. Like it was that loud. <laughs> my, my, my center, before he'd pick it up, he came over after one of the series. He goes, I'm telling you. It, it, it felt like someone had speakers to my right, to my left, and right behind me. 
blaring into my ears. <laughs> I, I, if I go hard of hearing, I might be suing the University of Tennessee and the Tennessee fan base from that game. Because what, what are they? They're one ten. Yeah, it's one hundred ten thousand. I mean, and, and it's just there's just the sheer amount of people that are in those stadiums in comparison to a pro stadium. And I know the pro stadiums can pump in a little bit of noise. That's part of it. But you have that. You have that mixed in with the band. You have that mixed in with everything else. I mean, even a place like the Big House, which doesn't keep sound in. It's still a hundred thousand people. You you still when you're when you're watching on film, and you're preparing for it. When you, for example, we were when I was watching the defense, and you'd see a big play, the camera would start to shake. Like the crowd would be going nuts. I mean the whole thing. So I just, I'm sorry to disagree with them. Like I played against Kansas City in Kansas City. Played for Kansas City. Granted, it was a bad year, but it's loud. It's probably the, one of the loudest next to Seattle. It's not out in the college stadium. Well, how about that? And, and that, that's how you make a point here on FSR. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com and within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. <laughs> 